Good morning, and welcome to Grace Gospel Fellowship. We want to welcome you. We're doing a live stream, and so we're going to try and be as normal as possible in these abnormal times. So we're going to start out by reading some simple scripture, then we'll pray, and then we'll have Pastor Kent Clark come deliver the word. So let's start with some simple reading today from the gospel. It'll be in Exodus 3, and we'll be reading from 3.1 through 3.17. So I'll give you just a minute to find that. It's on 90, page 96 of my Bible. Moses at the burning bush, 3.1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when Moses saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to the good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites and the Perizzites, and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt." But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve the God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Let's pray. Alexander McLaren once said, Christian men and women, you have been made whole. A mighty hand has lifted you out of the pit of despair and sent you on a sweet path of hope. Hope is what we have today in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These are tumultuous times filled with uncertainty and anxiety. We rock on pins and needles. We walk on eggshells. The fear of the unknown has been our constant companion. Lord, forgive us in our unbelief and our spiritual unfaithfulness. We are prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love trusting in our elected officials and scientists more than we have in the certainty and truthfulness of your word. You have promised to never leave us nor forsake us. 
Renew our spirits, our faith and trust in you, your everlasting promises, your eternal steadfastness and declaration of it is finished. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless pastors it brings forth your holy word. Bless our leaders, our first responders, and our brave healthcare workers. Keep a hedge about the church and the mission. Bless the continued and needed generosity of donors. For what we are not, make us. What we know not, teach us. And what we have not, you always provide for us. We ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now our head pastor, Pastor Kent Clark, with the word of God. Thank you, Dr. Christopher. My, I miss you. Those of you who are not here, we're, we're in the auditorium of Grace Gospel Fellowship, and uh, it's, a, it's a bit difficult, uh, actually, to be able to bring the Word of God without the people of God here. We're grateful to God for the cameras that He's provided for us and the opportunity to speak to you in this way. I want to assure you, this is such uncertain times, and many of you I know are um, a bit fearful and anxious about what's going on in our uh, nation, in our country. I read today that they're expecting 80,000 people to die in the United States from this virus. I don't know about that. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow, and that's my great hope. I want to just give you a few things that are happening here right at the beginning of, of the service. God has been so good to us. You know, I keep telling you that God hasn't brought us this far to just leave us and desert us. God's in what's taking place here at Grace Gospel Fellowship and Grace Centers of Hope. You know, Starbucks gave us a thousand gallons of milk. That's something I've never seen before. <laughs> That's literally a, a miracle. Chick-fil-A gave us over 700 uh, chicken sandwiches. Absolutely awesome. Uh, Jimmy John's gave produce and meat. Uh, Subway donated all kinds of produce. We've never had this much food before, actually. And I realize that that food can spoil uh, fairly quickly. But thank God for his miracles in providing for us. The month of March, usually a pretty tough month. We have over 70% of our March budget here with about five days uh, left. Sterling Heights, uh, our thrift store over there, the owner of that building has uh, decreased our, our rent uh, for the month ahead. This week, over $57,000 in the last five days has been donated uh, to Grace Centers of Hope. What an awesome thing that God is doing here in spite of the many things that we see that are kind of on the downside of life. I hope you'll be encouraged. I hope your faith is in the Lord. If God be for us, who can be against us? We're trucking right along. So far, uh, no one here at the center or church uh, has the virus, and we praise God for that. He's the great physician. I love the story of the children of Israel leaving Egyptian bondage. I believe there is uh, many things that we can learn from their exodus. Uh, Dr. Christopher has read to us 
these passages of scripture where God called uh, Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. He was just an ordinary guy, uh, a shepherd keeper on the backside of a desert, uh, keeping the sheep. And God called him to a burning bush and said, uh, take off your shoes. You are on holy ground. Anytime you meet up with God, it's an awesome experience. And indeed, we're on holy ground. The Lord said to him, I'm the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. For 400 years, the children of Israel were in Egyptian bondage. And in the book of Exodus, uh, the passage of Scripture says that they were crying out to the Lord for deliverance under the heavy burden of this slavery. And here's what God said. There's such a correlation, I believe, with the gospel here. In verse 8 of the third chapter of the book of Exodus, the Lord said, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And is that not true of our Savior? That in our bondage, he came down uh, to deliver us from that bondage. How awesome it is. And here's what he said to Moses. Moses said unto God, who am I? And what a question that is. David asked that question too. Who am I that I should receive the many blessings that you have bestowed upon me? We all need to be asking that question. And what it will lead us to in a biblical sense is, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. That God has made the difference in my life. And that's what I really want to talk to you about this morning. Who makes the difference? God said to Moses, it is I. And I certainly will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, what shall I say? The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say? And here's what God told Moses to say. I am that I am. And he saith, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent thee. Our God is a sovereign God. He's promised in Romans 8 that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That everything is working for our good. And that we cannot be defeated, actually. Nothing can defeat the people of God or separate us, literally, from the love of God. We're more than conquerors. And we must remember that, and especially, I think, in times like these. So I just want to remind you again of God's sovereignty, and especially in regard to you personally. Here's what God said. I will bring you out of the affliction of the Egyptians into the land of Canaan. I will do that. I love the I wills and the I shalls uh, 
of God. Throughout Scripture, you find God saying things like this. All that the Father giveth me shall come to, come to me. These are kind of times where many of us are uh, living in uncertainty. But when you know the Scriptures and know the God of the Bible, uh, it's I will and I shall. No man is able to separate us from the love of God. And what God promises to do, he will do. I had someone ask me this past week, well, how come that you feel like that, that God is simply on your side? Why do you feel like that God would take sides with the likes of, of you? And how do you have such assurance? Well, I think I know the answer to that. I want to read from Exodus chapter 11. And this is kind of the text verse, actually. Exodus chapter 11 and verse 7. Literally thousands and thousands of thousands of people are about to leave Egyptian bondage. And God said, there's something I want you to know and be assured of. And this is going to be a sign to you. Verse 7 of chapter 11. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. Now, those of you who are dog owners, have a love for dogs, and have a pet that's a dog, you know they like to bark. It's just natural for dogs to bark, and especially if there's commotion. I used to have a dog named Snowball, and, and Snowball always chased cars. He got run over at least once a week, and I'd find him laying on the highway, and he survived. But anyway, he would always... Uh, chase cars and, and bite at the tires and bark. You think about all of the children of Israel leaving Egyptian bondage, just as God promised to Moses, and God said, against you, a dog shall not move his tongue. A dog will not bark. I love the simple things of God. God said, this is going to be a sign to you and a, and a comfort to you. That dog shall not bark against man or beast, that you may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Do you know that for certain? Has God given you that blessed assurance that you're more than a conqueror, that you're more than victorious, that this uh, epidemic is not going to um, in any way affect your being more than a conqueror. You think about this. I've thought about this a lot here of late. If I should get the virus, if I should, and I, I really doubt I will. I have no thought about getting the virus. But if I did, and it took my life, I win. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Because he has made a difference in my life. I know that for certain. It's a great thing to understand that you haven't saved yourself, that God has literally intervened in your life. Some of you are converted while your brothers and sisters, maybe your mothers and fathers, uh, are not converted. And that many times, that question mark comes into your mind, why me? The answer to that is amazing grace. It's the grace of God. Think what a wonder that is. I know some of you may 
be having a bit of a problem with that. But the only other answer you can give is that you were better than your brother or sister, your mother or father. And on the basis of your works, God chose to save you or to bring you out of darkness into light? I don't think so. You see, the great truth in my life is this. I know it was not me. It was not my works. It was not my church affiliation. It was God himself. Against you, the children of Israel, a dog's not going to bark. And so even today, I feel that way. As we're going through this crisis, we win as the people of God because God is with us. This crisis that we're facing in America, that we get up every morning and see it on the news, and it drags us down. Here's what we need to know. Our God is a mighty God. He's a God of shalls and wills. A God who purposes and brings to pass that which he purposes. How wonderful it is to be able to know that we've been saved by, God, by grace alone. I want to read a passage of scripture uh, from Romans. This is Romans chapter 3. And what happens here in the book of Romans chapter 3 is the apostle Paul brings 14 indictments against sinful man. And then he closes this way in verse 22. He says, well, maybe we'll back up a little. Their throat is an open sepulcher in verse 13. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way, in the way of peace. They have not known there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped as far as bragging or boasting is concerned, and all the world become guilty before God. And then the apostle in the 22nd verse says this, For there is no difference. For there is no difference. Some of you out there may feel yourself to be better than other people, but the truth is, there is no difference. All have sinned and missed the mark. All have come short of the glory of God. And salvation is of the Lord. The difference between you and your brothers and sisters, or your mother and father, or your kinfolks, or your best friends, the reason you know the Lord is because he intervened in your life. He actually made the difference. We call that sovereign grace. You're not better than anybody. It's not because you're a better person, because you haven't used drugs or this or that. No, there is no difference until God makes a difference. He is the difference maker. What he does, he comes uh, to the Ethiopian eunuch who is reading Isaiah 53. He comes to Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus Road, the, the Christ-hater, the Christ-rejecter, and makes a difference. He goes down into Lodibar to the dead dog and makes a difference in his life. Now, this is the crowning verse. The apostle in the Corinthian letter had this to say, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness 
has shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What a difference it is when God turns on the light. You see, the reason a lot of people have no idea about their sinnership is that the lights haven't come on. Once the lights come on in that dungeon where you've been hiding and keeping all of those self-secrets with regard to your sinnership, and you see all the snakes and the rats and all of those spiders that are crawling around in that dungeon where you're dead to God without hope, and then God comes in and turns on the light. You see your sinnership only by the grace of God. You come to know you're a sinner and your great need of a Savior. Here's what the Apostle Paul said in the same Corinthian letter. Who maketh thee to differ from another? What a great question that is. Who made you to differ from another? Why would you ever think you're better than somebody else? Well, you never will when you come to know that salvation is totally of the Lord from first to last, from alpha to omega, from beginning to end, that it is God who comes into that dark place where you're living and quickens you, gives you life where you began to see your sinnership and your great need of a Savior. And so today we declare that message that God is the one who makes the difference. And I look here at Grace Gospel Fellowship and Grace Centers of Hope, and even in this crisis, every day, I say to God, thank you, Lord, for making the difference. I know you did this. We began Monday closing our thrift stores and began to ask the question, how on earth will we, will we make it without those thrift stores being open? $250,000 a month comes to Grace Centers of Hope through those thrift stores. And then dollars began to come in. A lady called and gave $10,000 on Monday. Another person called and gave $10,000 on Tuesday. Yesterday, somebody gave $17,500. Today, in spite of our uh, mistake that we sent out an email, uh, we received $19,500 today in gifts. It looks like we may make budget for March. I say, who is it that makes us to differ? Why are we on the winning side, on the living side, on the great side? It's because God's on our side, but it's not because of anything good about us. You come to Grace Gospel Fellowship, we are a motley crew, people who have been converted out of whoredom, streetwalkers, people who've been caught up in addictions, uh, and churchanity people uh, who have believed that their denomination was going to take them to heaven. We're in a situation now where nobody has the answer. No one. But we have this answer. Against you shall not a dog bark. That you may know how that I put a difference between you and the rest of the world. Now, let me clearly say this in closing. I am not saying that God has made us to differ because of any good in us. Let me make that really, really clear. Actually, the truth is, we stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder that he could save us 
a sinner condemned unclean. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful is the Savior's love to me. I'm amazed that God has made a difference. And I want to herald that message to God be the glory. Great things he has done. I want to say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. To God be the glory, the honor, and the praise. I wonder today, have you heard the message that God makes a difference? And do you know that truth, that God is the one who made a difference in your life? God will take care of you. I want you to rest in that. I would like to comfort you today by assuring you that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it. I want you to know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I don't know whether 80,000 people are going to die from this virus, but I do know this. If God be for me, who can be against me? I do know this. I'm trusting him and him alone for my salvation, for my life, for my security, for my nation, for my country, for my church. How good it is to know that God is making the difference in your life and that there is no enemy, death, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, nor any other creatures can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Those of you who don't know him, but you felt a, a twinge today while I was speaking. You, you sensed a need of a savior. You saw your sinnership and you saw no hope out there in this world. You look at our scientists and our doctors and our hospitals. They don't have the answer. I do know this. God is the answer and he will take care of his people. I'm glad to get to talk to you. I hope you'll trust Christ today, that you see your need and you'll believe on him and you'll go about your life doing the things that you need to do. Wash your hands uh, many times during the day. Be very careful of being around sick people uh, who have the virus, but that your life won't become mundane. I'm living my life. I'm here every day. Uh, over at Grace Centers of Hope and Grace Gospel Fellowship. Miss Pam's living her life. We go on a bicycle ride every night when it's warm enough to get out, enjoy the fresh air. We are not stammered by this. We believe that our God is alive and well, and he will take care of us. God bless. <laughs>